Welcome to Brewers Talk, the latest Burton Albion podcast from the Burton Mail newspaper. Uh, we are a three-man booth today and we're going to be discussing everything Burton Albion following that disappointing 1-0 defeat in a very cold Cardiff um, at the weekend. Joined by Joshua Murray, who is the other part of the two-man Burton Mail sports desk. I'm Ashley Wilkinson, um, your host, and we're joined by award-winning podcaster, our friend and contributor, Stephen Martin. Stephen, let's not leave anyone in suspense any longer. Last week, you needed to catch a train where to let you go halfway through the podcast. Everyone wants to know, did you make it? I did. Fantastic. Just. 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 Only just. Only just. It, it, it was a touch and go thing. Yeah? Yeah. We saw you sprinting up Burton uh, up, up Burton Way, you know, up towards the train station there. Yeah, it was it was really, really a t- close run thing. It really was. And I it was just made it. I got in, saw it was a minute late. The train was just coming in. Well, you know, you know, you know what you need to support sort of athletic performances uh, is thermals, as Josh. We found out this weekend, or certainly I found out this weekend on your advice. Um, an absolute game changer, ladies and gentlemen. If you go into a football match and it is very cold, as it was in Cardiff, um, Josh, I've got to thank you. Wearing thermals to Cardiff, probably the best advice you've ever given me. It's a game changer, mate. Thermal socks are the main thing for me. That yeah. was that was something I discovered just the last few weeks, and it has been. Uh, Come at a pivotal time, really. Like I say, Cardiff was cold. The wing game last weekend, you know, it does have an effect. Strong um, thermal game on the Burtonmouth Sports Desk thing this week, yeah, without <laughs> question. Um, but anyway, enough about garments and enough about clothing. I think the Brewers Talk listeners want to hear us talk football. What do you reckon? Well, I, I do too. Do you? Do, do, do we really want to talk football after Saturday? Well, well. Um, One nil defeat at Cardiff City. Um, a late, late goal from Reese Healy, 91st minute, header at the back post. Five Brewers players get dragged towards the front post. They, they're caught out of position. It's too easy. It's another cross into the box in added time. Another goal. The Brewers switching off. John McLaughlin scrambling. Josh, heartbreaking. All too familiar as well, isn't it? You know, Nigel Clough said exactly that after the game. It's something they, they're unfortunately getting used to, as I think what he said, and, and that is a habit they have to get out, to, out of. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, the, it, it was by no means a stellar performance by either side. Frustratingly similar to, say, the Preston game, where really nil-nil would have been a fair result. You know, neither side were particularly ambitious. The Brewers set up in a 4-4-1-1, very well organised throughout. I think you made reference in your analysis. It was sort of almost a sort of Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank-esque, you know, the way they set up the organisation. Scrap, scrappy Hasselbank. Yeah. The, the games I sort of likened it to were um, the nil-nils against um, Sheffield United and Crew Alexandria, where, <coughs> excuse me, Albion had, had, had done well for large spells of the game um, defensively and really just sort of kept things tight. Very few clear-cut chances. A few shots on goal, mostly from distance, but it was a very scrappy game, very bitty. Neither side of their best, and 0-0 felt like the right yeah. result. And it felt, for me on Saturday, like 0-0 would have been the best result. Absolutely, and you know, given the run that they've been on, it's now, I think, seven defeats from the last eight in, in the league. You know, yes, some people might be pointing and saying, you know, Cardiff are there and thereabouts. You know, they need to win those games, but ultimately, with the run they're on, a point would have been fine. As we now know, it would have kept them out of the bottom three, yep. but also it would have just steadied the ship a little bit. It would have been a good point against the Cardiff side, who've now won three on the bounce, that they're on the up under Warnock, um, and it would have set them up for, a, for a, you know, a few more important games in the coming weeks. In the end, what's happened is that once again, they're left ruining a late, not error, but you know, a, a late goal that's cost them yep. another sucker punch, and, and ultimately, as we, you know, the very first time this season after however many months they're into the bottom three and, and that will have had some kind of psychological effect as much as that late goal and the thing is as well there was a change in formation um, from 3-5-2 to 4-4-1-1 as we know 
Um, the flat back four, just go through it now. Brayford at right back. McFadden, Turner, centre halves, left back, Tom Flanagan. We'll get to Flanagan in a moment, but just that back four looked very settled all game. Um, lead striker Kenneth Zahore had very little to, um, impact. Uh, Turner and McFadden, plenty of long balls forward from from uh, from, Bri- uh, from Brighton. Um, that's me, sorry, looking at uh, there's a tweet come up from Brighton in my screen in front of me. Uh, from Carly, plenty of long balls forward. Zahore couldn't get in touch, uh, couldn't get hold of them. Turner and McFadden, it, that, you know, that, that, that's food and drink, isn't it, to, yeah. uh, to two defenders like that. And the, def- the defensive performance was so disciplined for so long, there were a few chances for Cardiff, not very clear-cut, Josh, but ultimately, does that make the result even more disappointing? Is that why we're sat here, as we are now, thinking, here we go again, it's another defeat, it's another late goal. Does it hurt more knowing that Cardiff had very little in the way of chances because of how defensively disciplined Albion were for 90 minutes? and how they couldn't be for 91. Yeah, that's why I made reference to the Preston game. I mean, I know it was in the, the end of the first half rather than the second half, but again, in that one, the Brewers looked very untroubled. They might not have been at their best going forward, and the way they set up at the weekend was very pragmatic. It was a case, you know, Sordell playing as that lone striker, play long balls, yep. you know, occasionally get it into the sort of channels and, and try and get balls into the box, but it was pragmatic. It was a conservative approach, and it was working because, like you say, Turner and McFadden will deal with long, direct balls all day long. Yes. Brilliant in the air, they did so. Raven and Flanagan were both very composed at fullbacks. They did exactly like you say. There was the odd chance here or there. McLaughlin made a couple of tidy saves, but there really wasn't a lot. And that is why, you know, you can understand. You come off the pitch losing one 0 after having been battered, and even if it's a late goal, you say, oh, you know, we weathered the storm, but ultimately they've got the better of us. But that was a game where the Brewers had done all they needed to to, to get a draw. Um, Nigel Clough made reference to the free kick that led to the goal. Soft potentially. I mean, I, I thought at first look that Reese Healy had done well to win it. Um, it was soft, but you get yourself into those positions. You win. Yes. Ricky Lambert's free kick straight into the wall. A good cross from from uh, Kadeem Harris. A few Brewers get dragged towards the ball, and potentially they should have held back. Um, it's turned home, and it was the first time really that the Brewers' defence looked at all stretched, and ultimately it cost them. It was it was a soft free kick for me, Josh. I mean, we were sort of debating it at the time. Is that? Uh, I, I said when Healy went over because Healy actually tried to get up and carry on and mm. um, that was something Nigel Clough mentioned afterwards as well for me Healy sort of leant into Brayford um, and Brayford just sort of stood his ground and he sort of, Healy sort of bounced off Brayford went to the other side and but for all intents and purposes then it looks a little bit like a shove I think the referee needed to be he, he needed to look at what Healy was doing leaning into Brayford there because Brayford wasn't directly alongside him he wasn't shoulder but he'd sort of leant into him to try and push him away realised Brayford wasn't there and then bounced off him and fallen over I'm not suggesting Healy played for the free kick at all actually I think if anything he would have well, had a better chance on yeah. goal going on going on like to say he tried to get <coughs> up which I think yeah. you know, shows that honesty I, I, I think sorry go on I was just going to say I would, I, I, where I would agree with Nigel Clough you know what he said afterwards is he said so many times this season that that look will even itself out eventually but it doesn't feel like it's going that way for the Brewers and that is something where they're not getting too many of those decisions he yeah. made reference to one I think it was a bit before that on the edge of the box as the Brewers were attacking yeah. where it looked clearly like a, a Cardiff handball he said it was a, it was a blue arm as, you know, an arm out of a blue shirt that, that sort of knocked the ball away not intentionally but it yeah. was a handball and um, Cardiff got the free kick for, for handball. It was one of those decisions where clearly the ref had just misseen it. You know, these things happen. But those are the sorts of decisions that seem to just not go the Brewers' way, but that do go against them. And I imagine that Blackburn, Wigan, Rotherham, the other teams down there would say the same. The teams at the top less so, and that yeah. just seems to be how it works out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'll, you mentioned Marvin Sordell being up front on his own in, uh, in, in, in one of your previous sort of points, Josh. Um, Albion left Chris O'Grady on the bench. 
I was personally a bit surprised that they didn't bring him on uh, earlier, yeah. only when they went one 0 down. But I can understand, you know, they want they wanted to. Uh, the, the, the focus was on the defence not in getting the goal and so that's when O'Grady comes on when they go one goal down that's that's understandable to an extent uh, Sordell I thought did well quite intelligent um, I, I maintain I don't think I've seen a, a player get, win as many free kicks as Marvin Sordell does with intelligent positioning of his body um, next to the defenders he does that very well indeed um, one player Burton Albion will be out of course and he was starting 160 miles away for Nottingham Forest was Jamie Ward um, scorer of four goals in 19 games this season bit out of sorts I think towards the end of his um, his, his spell with the Brewers everyone surprised on Friday Stephen um, yes. uh, a lone spell without a break clause without a recall clause Forest ring up and Ward goes back um, early suggestion was that uh, Ward had expressed an interest yeah. in going back but Ward spoke to the Nottingham media um, after uh, Forest 1-0 win over Bristol City and said uh, the following I've got the quotes here uh, it's been a little bit crazy to be honest Yeah. Um, I got a phone call on Thursday from Burton saying you're going back to Forest that was the first I'd heard of it obviously the next time I'm back at Forest there's obviously a lot of rumours going around saying that I asked to come back as happy as I am to be back that's a total lie I do wish Burton all the best but the most important thing is this club being Forest staying up Um Right, it's it's a bit of a sort of mixed, a, a mixed bag there, Stephen. J- just ignore, f- forgetting what, yeah. we're not forgetting what he said there. But yeah. in terms of the, the situation, um, we've got to sort of put that to the back yeah. of our minds for a moment because we're not entirely sure what's happening. But okay. will Albion miss Jamie Ward? I think they will in the short term because mm. I think we, we all know he's a very good Championship player. You know, very experienced at this level. Is a very good player, even though he was out of form. Yeah. But the one thing I would say is you've got Will Miller coming back um, momentarily. Yeah. We do have Luke Varney coming back within the next month. Yep. Uh, and also, as I've said before, uh, just talking to you, it does open up another loan slot. Now we don't know if the Brewers will use that or not. Yeah. But it certainly seemed intent on doing. Nigel Clough yeah. saying at the weekend that uh, they're very hopeful of pushing something through today. Yeah. Certainly early this week. That loan deal that didn't quite go through last week might be at the top of their priority there. That attacking midfielder that Andy Garner mentioned. Yeah. But just on that situation, the wording. I I don't think just because he said that he never asked to leave. Now expressing an interest doesn't mean you asked to leave, and I think that's what needs to be mentioned already. Oh right, sorry. I thought you were carrying on there. No. Um, <clears throat> but, but yeah, the thing is with with Ward is um, he mentioned that he, he first got the call on on Thursday and he was back training with with Forest on the Friday. Clearly done very very quickly. Nigel Clough has said that it was the best thing for both sides, uh, both all parties. We don't know what clubs' plans are within the yes. transfer market. As we know, football clubs these days they keep everything very uh, in house. They keep they keep everything. They keep all the cards not so much close to the chest as they do sort of swallow them so no one else can see them um, <laughs> we know that we, we know that's the way but sometimes you can just find a little snippet of a joker in there somewhere. And but ignoring that laboured metaphor um, <laughs> Wood, <coughs> Wood he scored four goals in 19 he was, yes. he was Albion's most prolific forward yes. that's one of the keys here isn't it because as, as much as Foreman dipped over recent weeks um it's important to remember that, that he was scoring goals, not at the rate that Albion would have wanted, yeah. but he, he was getting goals, and, and suddenly that's 
that's a four goal player in to every 20 games out of the squad I, th- I think the problem was though you look at his consistency mm. and uh, I mean, I, I've mentioned a few times <coughs> about you look at against Villa he scored an absolute unbelievable oh, goal yeah. but then you go back a week and a bit and he had a chance against Huddersfield probably an easier chance that was missed and that ended up probably being more costly yes uh, which yeah. obviously ended up and it was that was doing the squad, doesn't it? As well, Chris, does, Chris Brady has, has missed some very guilt-edged chances in recent True. weeks. And, and, um, but, but I think if you go back to whether that it is a problem that they've lost him, yes, of course it is because with strikers being injured, it does limit the numbers. You saw them starting with one up front yeah. at the weekend. Whether that was yeah. just to accommodate the formation, or whether that was to make sure they had an attacker on the bench, yeah. which obviously they didn't have mm-hmm. against Wigan the week before. Yeah, I would argue as well that uh, you know from what I can see. Jamie Ward was scoring at the sort of rate that, that he has been before in the championship. Yes. You know, he's, he's never been a. Um, he's normally played out wide, though, hasn't he? Has he? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, but that's another thing with him is he's a versatile player that, that potentially the likes of O'Grady and, and saw Dan mm. Lesser. You know, we saw when he first came, he played up front as part of the two with Chris O'Grady, and that worked very well at times. But then also, um, you know, he played in that one just behind the strikers. Yep. I remember the Ipswich <coughs> game, which they lost two nearly, was brilliant there in creating so many chances when Burton could have been about three 0 up. Um, yeah. at half time or three one up at half time, and that was another thing within that that, that versatility, um, which you know disappears now a bit slightly because those other forwards that are in the squad at the moment, Varney when he's back as well, Miller less so, but the other three are pretty much out and out strikers, and, and that versatility is something that I think you know maybe Forrest thought we'd quite like to see again in our squad. His technical ability is another big plus for him. Yeah, <clears throat> I do apologise. Um, he could create, as you mentioned, he was probably the best passer of the ball that they had in the final third. And they will miss that. That's hopefully something that they're going to um, yep. replace. I know last week it was mentioned about an attacking midfielder. We don't quite know where that's that's at yet. No, uh, not at the moment. Um, it's, it's it's one of those where it sounds like it's close, and then it never quite yeah. gets over the line. It's, it's in the hands of other people. I think is the key thing. It's not as if Burton have been arresting on their laurels here. Um, you know, we we. We do know that these deals are sort of quite far down the line, and it is just a case of waiting on other people now, be that clubs or players. Um, and it's just a matter of Burton Abbey can't do anything until, yeah. until 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 that sort of happens. Just thinking back to that Jamie Ward goal on Boxing Day at Aston Villa, and Mid- just feelings. Mid- yeah, feelings. well, uh, as 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 a, as a Villa fan and an Albion fan, yeah, I can imagine so. Um, but that's why you win awards, Stephen. You you you, I, I, you put I, things to one side. I, I'm nothing if not impartial. Exactly, and that's what we that's what we love here on Brewers Talk. Um, no, it's not. We we want the Brewers to do well. We do. Want so, Stephen, well. put those feelings for Villa to one side, please, <laughs> for the next sort of 10-15 minutes. Um, Villa, that Villa goal, stunning. And you mentioned that that, was, that, that sort of was. technical ability, that ability to leap into the air like that, and and get that volley. That that was his ability to create something out of nothing. I mean, yeah. it was a great ball into the box, but it didn't look like that. If anything was on, you thought cross it into a smaller striker. It's going to be difficult for him to get anything. Maybe he has to bring it down. Now, first time, wonderful goal. How long ago does that feel now, though? A long, a long time. Ago. It was, it was literally <coughs> last year. Well, it, well, it was literally last year. But it, you know, it's less than a month ago, isn't it? But I would, I would argue yes. that was the last time. Barely. I would argue that was the t- last time that the Brewers played somewhere near their best. You yes. know, they deserved yeah. more than they got from that Villa game. They were brilliant against Rotherham in that in that win three days later. They were very good in aspects, um, and it was a very good win, their first away win. But actually. That was again a more pragmatic approach. They got those two quick goals and then defended it well. Villa, I would argue, was the last time that the Brewers played somewhere near their yeah. attacking best. Yeah, I would agree with that. Those two Rotherham goals, the last time Burton Albion scored, 
Yeah, yeah. Burnout, we just scored two goals since that Jamie Ward volley then, was the point I was sort of laboriously yeah, working when, towards. When you also consider what was that two in about the space of five six minutes? Yeah. So that Chris O'Grady tap in. Yeah. Oh, sorry, no, it no, wasn't the O'Grady. Uh, O'Grady's was first. Yeah. Jackson Irvine's header. Yeah. And you think of how long it feels since we've seen Jackson Irvine pull on a Burton Albion shirt. By the way, yes. we'll get to him soon, as we as as, as we do just about every day. Talk about Jackson <laughs> Irvine and the confusion over over that team sheet. Um, it really is. I'm, running, I'm, I'm, running, I'm just going to run down the scores here um, since that Rotherham game on the 29th of December. Burton Albion nil, Preston North End one. Watford two, Burton Albion nil. Burton Albion nil, Wigan Athletic two. Cardiff City one. Burton Albion nil. In those two games against Wigan and Preston, Burton Albion had 27 shots on goal. They didn't play well, but they still created yeah. opportunities. Shots on target, very, very few. Yeah. I think around yeah. three, maybe four. Um, I've written it in my analysis, which is going online today. Um, and again, it's that point, isn't it? You, Albion are missing that one person, and maybe Sodell can be that person once he's got yeah. back up to the speed of the championship. Yeah, to, not even that. When the ball runs loose in the box, and this is something I've noticed lately, and this is something that happened at Cardiff a lot as well, Josh. Um, more than once in recent weeks, the ball has run loose in the box. Defenders haven't been able to get near it. The ball has been headed down, or it's hit someone, and it's been loose on the floor, just waiting for someone to stab it home. Yes. Every single time, probably nine times out of ten, it's an opposing defender that somehow reacts first to get to it and boot it away quicker than a Burton Albion striker or winger or or attacking midfielder or midfielder or centre-back or full-back a Burton Albion player can get um, sweeper involved whoever's in the box do you know what I mean before a, Bert, before a yellow shirt can get there yes. the ball is cleared I and mean, that is happening far too often and that's a problem there's no to, to quote Billy Davis I guess when he signed Robbie Earnshaw for, for Derby County there's no fox in the box mm-hmm. for Burton Albion but that's maybe what they've signed Sordell for and that's hopefully what they're going to be signing um, the, these new players for you in, know interestingly the last time the Brewers went on if, if my memory says right the last time they went on this sort of barren run in front of goal and I think there was the goalless draw with uh, Barnsley defeat at Reading and a, a couple of others yeah. and then it was Jackson Irvine who popped up in the draw wait one all draw at Preston yes. with a goal exactly like the one you described a corner came in I think Turner Brayford and the defender all went it sort of dropped down Irvine was the quickest on it left foot half volley into the bottom corner that's about the only goal they scored of that you know that type this season, and it came at a point where they just needed a goal from anything. Yeah. And like you say, that is that is something. And, and Irvine once again is is the player. You know the fact that he's a leading scorer. Irvine is the one who yeah. who scores those goals. And like you say, with Irvine out at the minute, they yeah. need somebody else who's gonna. Aikens had one at the weekend, which dropped. He sort of swivelled left-footed. It was a harder chance. But ultimately, in these games where there aren't few chances, especially when you set up as they did at the weekend set pieces are going to be opportunities and, and yeah. balls dropping from set pieces you know, are, are going to be the, the times when you need to strike and, and they need somebody who's going to do that consistently. I don't think it's any coincidence that since Irvine's been out um, I'm just trying to get the lineups up now but for some reason my computer stopped working um, since Irvine's been out of the, the starting lineup for, for Albion he went out at Watford didn't he? Yeah. Those four games um, well, in fact those three games Irvine has missed, two shots on target they both came against Wigan um, if you go back as far as Preston, still two shots on target. No shots on target at Preston, at Watford, at, or one at Cardiff. So three shots on target. I'm going to completely rechange my point. Three shots on target <laughs> in the last three or four games. Yes. That's not good enough. And I don't think it's any coincidence that since Irvine's been out, 
because we know Irvine can hit the target when he's making those late runs in from midfield and getting to those loose balls on the edge of the box we know if he strikes that ball sweetly that's hitting the target and possibly heading into the back of the net are Albion becoming too reliant Stephen on Jackson Irvine well Nigel Clough said at the weekend they're they're missing him because he's been one of their best players that's fair for me Um, he's one of their best players is it getting to the stage now where you're thinking I mean Irvine wasn't he he didn't stand out in that Preston game did he I mean with all all the best will in the world he didn't stand out in that that Preston game but he was struggling with the groin problem as we now know are they over-reliant on Jackson Irvine well my next point um, I'll just go to that Preston game I wouldn't say there was anyone who really stood out I think it was a game where both sides cancelled each other out and yeah. but for one lapse of concentration that's, that's what decided the game but on Jackson Irvine when you lose a player of his quality any team in this division if you lose eight goals from midfield that's obviously an issue a player who's capable of getting eight goals might even get double figures this season from midfield Yeah, that's always going to be a crucial player Um but I do think they've become over-reliant maybe on his defensive aspects as well I mentioned in the podcast last week how he's the one who he'll get around the pitch he'll make challenges he'll make interceptions and he'll also mm. screen players like Palmer and hopefully Murphy now well he has to be now, now the likes of Chowdhury have gone for example yes so really he's the defensive player in the midfield and if you lose him Tom Naylor is a fantastic just defensive midfielder but I don't think he can transition into attack as well it's also I think worth pointing out that more recently the Brewers have changed system a little bit you think back to the start of the season and Lloyd Dyer and Lucas Aikens were up there with, with the top scorers yes. um, among the Albion ranks because of the way they were playing that sort of 3-5-2 um, and they were getting up so much more out wide so many more opportunities to think about Dyer's finishes against uh, Chef Wednesday in Birmingham and, and how good they were he yeah. has been getting into a lot fewer score, goal scoring opportunity, uh, uh, positions as has Aikens and the other midfielders your Murphys your Palmers Naylor less so but certainly Murphy and Palm they're more playmakers they sit deeper they don't attempt a lot of shots from outside the box yeah. you know Palmer's got one goal obviously this season a stunner against uh, Rotherham at home but other than that I can't really remember him, ha- him having many shots at all and that's the other thing is the strikers obviously haven't been getting the goals earlier in the season whilst Irvine was leading them Aikens, Dyer, Naylor were popping up that's been happening less and so with Irvine out you know you're looking to at the weekend Sordell look the only player who was in any positions to score yeah. and he never really got possession when he was. I would say you look back to games like Birmingham, the win against Birmingham and Derby and those chances all came from wide positions. I don't feel they've created enough chances from wide positions yeah, yeah, recently. They, they seem to play through the centre, that ball in behind isn't happening as much uh, at the moment and I think while Aikens, I, I would prefer to see Aikens playing out wide. Uh, he's played up front a little bit in the barrel yeah, sort of an alternative Chris O'Grady target yeah. man style yeah but I, I don't think he maybe has the control I, I think mm. he's better at getting on the ball and, and moving forward with it and putting yeah. in a cross you again think back to the derby game putting in the cross for the Irvine goal yeah. I think he's a much better winger than striker Lucas is the only man who I've seen chest ball forward 40 yards <laughs> it's quite incredible and he, he is a great player and he's a, one, yep. one of the better members of the team obviously ok uh, we're just going to have to pause for a moment there Welcome back. Um, yeah, just a little bit of confusion over, I think, uh, a few few people wanted to come into the office, but we're back. Um, Bruce Talk continues. Um, we'll move away from, from sort of Jackson Irvine yes. and, and away from Cardiff in a second. We're just going to talk about one more player, Josh, who, who I thought had a very good game on Saturday at the Cardiff City Stadium. 
uh, Tom Flanagan coming in at left back. I think a few may be surprised that Damien McCroy didn't take that role, but Flanagan, very solid. And uh, you spoke to Nigel Clough afterwards, and there was a bit of a reason for, for selecting Flanagan ahead of McCrory. Yeah, pointed out, I mean, as you notice, Cardiff, very direct, a lot of long throws, a lot of long balls over the top, and I think he, he just wanted sort of Flanagan's height and ability in the air. Yeah. Um, McCrory, obviously, a little bit quicker along the ground, but. You know, smaller Flanagan probably offers more in the air in, in that sense, and I think that was the, the main reason. I think did you mention it was Flanagan's first league start since September? Since since uh, Brighton at home, yeah. You know, I hadn't realised it was that long, but he to say he'd been out or he'd certainly not started in, in so long. He, he like you say slipped back in very easily, looked very composed, dealt with with every threat down that wing, dealt with everything in Ju- the air. Junior Hoyle had a very very quiet game. Yeah, he was brought off after about an hour, wasn't he? Because yeah. he'd offered absolutely nothing. I think right, there was a tell of two wingers, wasn't there? Kadeem Harris had, had a good game, and, and Junior Hoyle perhaps didn't necessarily I think Flanagan and, and Brayford really deserve uh, quite a bit of credit for how they dealt with Hoylet uh, respectively and uh, yeah I think the fullbacks and the centre-halves had a good game for 90 minutes and then the 91st Burton Albion fell to yet another defeat and slipped into the relegation zone for the first time this season so we have around a week left of the transfer market um, full week at least it's the tough question but it's a round table, so I'm going to have a round table question and discussion, and I'm going to go last because I'm the host, and that is my want. <coughs> Stephen, Josh, one signing that you want to see Burton Albion make in the final week of the transfer window? See, I'm going to do what you usually do, which is sort of sit on the fence a little bit and talk my way around it. That I'm not going to <laughs> talk. You know what I mean? Wilkinson um, torn apart by Murray there. And. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would argue that the, the signing, I mean, Andy Gar obviously mentioned that attacking midfielder um, last last week and, and what they're looking for. Um, I wouldn't pick anyone out specifically, but more what I would say is that would, to me, suggest that the system that they're playing, the, the system, for example, that they played at the weekend, is, is something they might look at a bit more. You know, that 3 5 2 right. is something they've used a little bit less in recent weeks, certainly away from home. Um, so I would argue potentially that the. the we, as, as Stephen mentioned, with Ward going, that does free up potentially another uh, loan place. <clears throat> Nigel Clough's mentioned that Will Miller could well be the sixth loan, so that could therefore suggest that they might bring in two loans. I would imagine that as well as that attacking midfielder, they probably are looking at another striker, but I think the attacking midfielder mentioned suggests that, that there may be a bit of a shift away from that 3-5-2 more regularly. Yes, um, or maybe, the, away from maybe the 3 4 one, two as well yeah, that they played, yeah, as exactly, you say. Exactly, because when they've been playing that 3 5 2, while Irvine has been playing as an attacking midfielder, it's still been more of a flat bank of five in the middle. Um, so that is a complete cop out for me, really. But <laughs> Okay, okay, right. Let, let me rephrase the question to avoid the cop out. Money within reason is no bar. Um, you, 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 you've got a million pounds. We know this isn't the case with Burton Army. This is purely a bit of fun. You've got a million pounds to spend. Who do you go and spend it on? We know Nigel Clough won't have a million pounds to spend. Yeah, we yes, know that. Yes. We want to make that clearer here on Brewers Talk. <laughs> but Joshua Murray, you do, hypothetically. So who do you hypothetically bring in? Who do you bring in? Who do I bring in? Well, I'm going last. That is my want. Stephen, who do you bring in? <laughs> right, mine, <laughs> while we're slightly unreal. I'll cop out as well as you, Murray. I, I would bring in Hibernian striker Jason Cummings, who over the last couple of years. Very specific. Been I know, I know. He can also play out wide. That's what we're after, Josh. Um, but he's been among the goals for the last two seasons now. Yep. Relatively young, I think, that Rotherham wanted him over the summer when Alan Stubbs went in. And I think he would be certainly a good player, especially with uh, Clough's seeming links yeah. to Scotland over the years who have been able to sign players and get the best out of them. Only 21. 
scored uh, scored twice at the weekend yeah. for for Hibs. Yeah, very good season last season. Yep. So and also, yeah. well, you mentioned obviously the links that, that Nigel Clough has and, and the quality that he's brought down from Scotland over the years, yeah. not just in Jackson Over. I mean, look at the likes of Craig Bryson, Bryson. as well. Bryson yeah, come Cream, from Hibernian? No, just, uh, just from Scotland. I'd want to say Motherwell, but I don't think that's right. I'll, we'll find out for you, listeners. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will go on then, I'll throw my hands to read, but I, I, I think, um, and I think this player potentially, you know, we're, look, we're looking more than a million pounds again. We're talking about, um, you know, this is money that the Brewers aren't going to have, but we're talking hypotheticals. You mentioned Rotherham there, striker Danny Ward, um, who has been scoring quite a few goals at the bottom end of the division, you know, in a Rotherham side that have slowly picked up of late, but yeah. are, but are impro- you know, um, were struggling, and he's, he's scored a lot of goals. He's actually not offered that much in the two games we've seen. Yes. Um, Tom Adeyemi was the one who scored both for Rotherham in those and he may be another one potentially who's actually, you know, you yeah. could look at, he's been scoring a lot and has been having a big big impact further forward for, for Rotherham, so either of those. Um, story here from the Huddersfield Examiner from two days ago, Rotherham slapped five million pound yes, price tag on ex-town striker Danny Ward. Um, okay. So even with a million, Josh. Um, some way short. Yeah. Tom Adeyemi then, to be fair, I've literally only just thought that, but he is, has looked good um, in both you know, you can only go on what we've seen, but in both games, and, and Ash now is just doing yeah. some research on Tommy, Tommy Amy to see what price tag has been slapped on him, sure, <laughs> to, to shoot me down again, but he you know, came up with a couple of, of, of important goals for, for Rotherham in those games. Um, he spoke in the press conference afterwards, a very good talker, um, and somebody who seems to me as if he, you know, he, he's going to go up in the championship, you know, he, he is one who sort of hey, will rise through the division. Yeah. He's on loan from somewhere, isn't he? Um, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure. To be honest, to be honest with you, I don't. So there you go. After he, he, was, he was at Cardiff. After much travelling around the houses, the name yeah. I'm throwing into the hat is, is Rotherham's Tom Adeyemi. Yes. Tom Adeyemi. It's not bad, not bad. Sorry. So Tom Adeyemi, yeah. uh, uh, Jason Cummings. Cummings. Oh, I was just thinking of another mentioned Rotherham striker. Where is Johnson Clark Harris now? Um, he was a striker. I saw. This is more of sort of like a, a light <laughs> searching through archives at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm there's another name. I'm go on, then, Ash. He still you've, play, you've got to go. give us your name anyway. He, he still plays for Rotherham United. Yeah, um, yeah I hope that, I hope that answers your question. Thank you. Um, it, who would I bring in? Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Again, financial restrictions. Looking at uh, who you can bring in. Not looking at players who've got five million pound price tags slapped on them, which which would be silly of me. Um, <laughs> <coughs> excuse me. Perhaps I deserve that. Um, I'm going to go for a player we just mentioned, um, Craig Bryson. I would love to see Burton Albion bring Craig Bryson in. He can play that attacking midfield role just behind uh, the front two. Um, the problem is he's he's been very much uh, in and around the first team at Derby County. He's not played as much as he has in recent years. Certainly when Nigel Clough was uh, was at Derby and uh, and when Steve McLaren was in his first spell, Bryson. I mean, there's a wealth of midfield options and, yeah. and forward options at Derby County right now. Um, he played in the in the three-two win over Reading at the weekend. He uh, he started that game, in fact. So it'd be a difficult one, but a lone spell. You know, he was he was at the Pirelli um, last weekend, yeah, so he clearly still keeps up with uh, with many of his friends here, but. Yeah, I think I think maybe it is a bit pie in the sky, but yeah. I, I quite like to see I quite like to see Craig Brasson play for Burton. But again, it's all purely who, who we would like to see. It's, it's not a serious this, this uh, is fantasy. This is the, us this playing is, football manager. This at is work. us playing football manager at work. I got promoted <laughs> yesterday on football manager. Have I, have I mentioned that this morning? You have already with the Brewers. I, with the Brewers, yeah. I got the Brewers to the playoffs after signing Suleiman Dukara. 
She'll have a new car. Right. Excellent. It's available for in January for is some it? reason in real this life. I don't think you get that. This has slipped from being this is just like Football Manager to you guys just discussing <laughs> Football Manager. Maybe that's a new podcast idea though, Josh. <laughs> Maybe the Birds and Males Football Manager podcast with me and Stephen. Um, yeah. I mean, you can be happy to have, have you in, maybe. You can be our assistant. Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, you can go to the press conferences in our place. Um, listen, we're, we're going to wrap up here. Um, just final question, final week of the transfer window. Josh, you, being serious, what's the one position Burton Albion do need to strengthen? It's got. It, it has to be a goal scorer, whether that is a striker or whether it is somebody attacking midfielder. Not defensively. I, has, I wouldn't I, say that that is top of their list. Has Cardiff changed anything in that regard for you? No, not really, because as has been said all season, they are yet, to, other than the, the Reading game, they are yet to be thoroughly outplayed yes. and thoroughly beaten. Yes. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say that they, they shouldn't be looking defensively. You know, you always want to bolster a squad. Um, but you look at the bench at the weekend, there, there are options there, there is a depth there, certainly, again, touch wood, you know, barring injuries and more suspensions, but there isn't further upfield. And the fact is, in these games recently, Cardiff was a 1-0 defeat, Preston was 1-0, Wigan 2-0. They do need to start keeping clean sheets. They've not kept a clean sheet since the Barnsley game in November. That is a problem, but yep. more of a problem is the goals. Whether that's a striker, whether it's another sort of Irvine, somebody making those late runs from midfield, that is where they, they do have to strengthen. And, and you know, if, what, if only one more player comes in, I would expect that to be the, the end of the pitch where they'll strengthen. Concur with that, Stephen? Yes, yes, definitely. I think um, defensively they've got a wealth of options. Yeah. And I think it would be silly to start bringing in more players. Uh, they do seem to have a settled back line, even when they change it. Uh, you know, you've got definitely McFadzian and Turner. They're kind of set now, first names on the team sheet. Um, but no, definitely, I think in midfield or up front, <laughs> definitely in the advanced positions, just to create a little bit more. Um, and hopefully get someone to get those shots on target Brilliant stuff um, yeah I, I concur with both of you on, on that one so a nice way to end the podcast um, this oh. week and a nice bit of harmony um, Josh you don't sound too convinced by that you don't look too oh, convinced oh no no I would, I would say that was particularly harmonious of all three of us there it was um, that sounded a bit sarcastic but <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll carry on um, listen thank you very much for joining us here on Brewers Talk um, you can listen to this podcast um, on the Burton website uh, we will also be uploading it to our Facebook um, and Twitter channels um, so you can listen to it through there uh, very soon I've just had a quick search through um, iTunes we don't seem to be on iTunes just yet uh, we're waiting to see what happens there um, but we will be on iTunes soon enough you can also listen to us through the Audio Boom website links um, will be on the Burton Mail website and we'll also be tweeting a few out as well um, when we do come out on iTunes please do um, give us a nice rating and subscribe to us and uh, you know leave a nice comment tell us how much um, you like us tell us how many more awards Stephen should be sh- should be getting because it's, it's a few it's a few it's, it's, it's a fair few it's a fair <laughs> few Josh you look absolutely disgusted by this plea <laughs> plea for likes <laughs> you look like you've had enough no more podcasts for Joshua Murray I dare say going forward but for Brewers Talk we'll be back uh, hopefully later on in the week with another one looking ahead to um, the trip to Queen's Park Rangers Uh, on Saturday in the meantime thank you very much for joining us Um, you can get all the latest Burton Albion news on the Burton Mail website at www.burtonmail.co.uk slash sport thank you for joining Brewers Talk